You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. It's time to talk about the Green Bay Packers. This is your Packers Update, the Daily Cheese, brought to you by Packernet.com. The Daily Cheese is a collaboration with the Packernet Podcast, hosted by Ryan Schlipp, the Pack Daddy. And I'm your host, JJ Leahy. Well, we did it. We are halfway through the season, and we got some sweet, sweet revenge on the 49ers. It's been a pretty crazy week over here for me, so I apologize for being a bit absent. I have been keeping you all up to date over on Twitter. Follow me at JJ Leahy. That's L-A-H-E-Y. I've had some really nice interactions with uh, a lot of you Packer fans this week. Had quite a few more of you reach out to me than normal this week, and I really enjoyed that. Huge thank you to Mr. Bruce Edmonds. He reached out to me late last night to help out with something uh, personal on my end. I don't know, I guess he just got bitten by the generosity bug. Thought of a way that he could be a blessing in my life and decided to go for it. The world needs more Bruces, especially in a time like this. Well, two out of the last four weeks have been really rough for Packers fans, but this was not one of them. I know the final score in the 49ers game was 34-17, but anyone who watched that game knows that the last two touchdowns were just garbage time gimmies. Call it 31-3, 34-3, whatever. Now look, I know the 49ers were missing half their team, but that doesn't matter. I said going into this game, this is a game LaFleur needed to win. There are plenty of excuses you could have given the Packers had they managed to stink it up. I would not have accepted any of them, especially given that Aaron Jones was indeed a very late go-ahead, the absolute butt-thrashing that the Packers laid down on the 49ers is exactly what you expect to see from a Super Bowl-caliber team in a situation like this. And speaking of Super Bowl-caliber teams, Packer fans felt a little bit better about the nasty loss to the Vikings last week. The Seahawks and Buccaneers both got embarrassed against the Bills and the Saints. The Cardinals lost to the Dolphins. The Bears racked up yet another loss, this time against the Titans. And the Vikings got further and further away from Justin Fields or Trevor Lawrence in the draft when the Lions just gave up and died on the field. In the NFC, it's a three-way race right now, almost a four-way race. The Seahawks, Packers, and Saints all have six wins and two losses. The Buccaneers have one more loss, but still six wins. The really good news, most of the Packers' tough games are now behind them. This coming Sunday, they go play the Jacksonville Jaguars, who are missing their quarterback, kicker, and possibly wide receiver Levisca Chenault. Although we do have road games coming up against the Colts and Bears, we have no more back-to-back road games. Without a doubt, the toughest game remaining on the Packers' schedule is the Tennessee Titans. That game will be played in Green Bay. And don't forget, although the Titans have made a habit of terrorizing most of the league, This is Matt LaFleur's old team. He's the one who installed the offense. My preseason prediction for the Packers was 13-3. That still looks very attainable right now. Green Bay would have to win seven of the next eight games. But again, that schedule is Bears twice, Lions once, Jaguars, 
Eagles, Panthers, Titans, and Colts. If the team manages to play competent football every week, 12-4 and seems like the team's floor. And we're starting to finally get healthy. Christian Kirksey and Alan Lazard are expected to be back this week. Even if they can't play, they do need to be signed to the active roster, or they'll be put on season-ending IR, which doesn't seem like the right answer for either player. David Bakhtiari does seem a bit more questionable. Here's Matt LaFleur being asked about Bakhtiari's injury. Hey, Matt, just given how long Dave's been out, did, did he have broken ribs, and is that you just have to be real careful with, with that because of the you know, danger that there is, if that's the case? Yeah, I'm not going to get into the specifics of what he had. Uh, certainly, uh, he, he's been trying to do everything in his power to get back as, as uh, quickly as possible, and, and we're never going to put a guy in position that, uh, you know, especially if they're in danger of, you know, further injury, we never want a guy going out there and, and having to go through something like that. So, um, again, he's been doing everything he can, and, and we're just hopeful to get him back here sooner than later. That was ESPN's Rob Domofsky asking the broken ribs question, and it does seem like a sound theory. The injury reports this week should give us more of a clue as to his potential return. Speaking of that happy topic of returns, Kamal Martin and Jamal Williams were both activated from the reserve COVID-19 list. They did have to miss the 49ers game, and since there was some uncertainty there whether Jamal actually had COVID, Gutekunst quickly brought in some free agent running backs for workouts. Unfortunately, Dexter Williams suffered a sprained MCL in the 49ers game. Until A.J. Dillon's return, the Packers have three running backs, Aaron Jones, Jamal Williams, and Tyler Irvin. Some practice squad depth seems like it might be a good idea. The two backs the Packers have worked out so far are Mark Thompson out of Florida and Mike Weber out of Ohio State. Now, both guys so far have had practice squad careers. But Weber did some special things while he was at Ohio State. He did get lost a little bit in a crowded backfield in Kansas City. And when the Chiefs drafted Clyde Edwards-Elaire in 2020, Weber was shown the door. Prior to all that, he was actually a seventh-round pick by the Cowboys back in 2019. And it's worth noting... That is, again, another crowded backfield. I'm not saying he's for sure a stud, but it is possible that, similar to Tyler Irvin, he just got lost in the mix. A change of scenery and a new scheme might be a good thing for him. Now, Chris Barnes and Jordan Love are both still on the COVID reserve list, although they would now be eligible to have been reactivated had they tested negative. So, not necessarily good news there. Finally, the Packers do need to be careful. This Sunday is a game that would be really easy to overlook and underestimate, and the last two weeks around the league have demonstrated that is a very dangerous thing to do. The Cowboys trotted out an unknown backup quarterback and nearly beat the Steelers. Matt LaFleur and Mike Pettin would do well to learn from Pittsburgh's mistake. The Jaguars are again starting rookie quarterback Jake Luton, who threw for over 300 yards and one touchdown against the Houston Texans. He completed 68% of his passes for a QBR of 90. He did have one interception. Sure, it's not incredible, but it was only his first ever NFL game. For more in-depth analysis and a look at Packers strategy, make sure you're subscribed to the Packernet Podcast, hosted by the Pack Daddy, Ryan Schlipp. Keep up on all the Green Bay Packers news by going to packernet.com and follow the Packernet Podcast on Facebook. My name is J.J. Leahy, and this has been the Daily Cheese, your Green Bay Packers news update.